Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Hey, welcome all you online, as well as all of you in the Peru campus. Welcome to Crossbridge. I don't know if you've uh, got to hear Pastor Kevin Donahoe's message from last weekend uh, about um, um, setting uh, fire to the ships, burn the ship. But uh, if you didn't get a chance to hear that message, uh, I know Crossbridgers across our campuses have been talking about how God's been speaking to them through that. So if you get the chance, go to our app, um, check out uh, uh, that message, and I know you'll be glad you did. Hey, uh, I want to begin with a little hypothetical uh, situation here, a question for you, a poll. If uh, for whatever reason we just escorted you all out of here to a, uh, you know, some stranded little island out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, you'd live out the rest of your days with no cell phone, no TV, no nothing, um, would you rather A, be all alone forever, or B, with somebody else? Would you rather be A, all alone, or B, with somebody else. And probably some of you are thinking, or C, depends on who that somebody is, right? Um, you know, we're, we're social creatures. We're talking today about choosing community. We were created for community, for relationship with one uh, another. But oftentimes our, our relationships, they fall so short of the kind of kingdom community that God longs for us to experience together. I don't know if you've seen the movie Castaway. It came out back in 2000. But um, it, it uh, tells the story um, of Chuck Nolan. Tom Hanks, great actor, plays Chuck Nolan. Chuck Nolan's a, a manager of an international uh, shipping company, FedEx. And he hops on board a cargo flight uh, across the Pacific Ocean to uh, deliver this, uh, all this cargo. And uh, it's planning to, you know, just kind of um, be back soon. But the plane goes down, it crashes. Everybody aboard um, perishes except for Chuck. And uh, who knows, it's a matter of hours or days, whatever. But uh, Chuck's body washes up to shore along with all kinds of uh, packages, odds and ends from the cargo ship that just float up onto this deserted island. And Chuck uh, literally spends the next four years washed up on a deserted island, all by himself. No cell phone, no other people, no human contact, nothing. But because Chuck is a human being, because he is a social creature, he is hungry for community. He's, he's designed to, 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 to have interpersonal communication with one another, with others. And, and so what he does is what any insane person, uh, you know, stuck on an island might do. One of those packages happened to be a, a volleyball. And he takes that volleyball and his hand had gotten bloody. He smacked the volleyball and he looked at that volleyball and realized that looks a lot like a, a person. And he put two eyes and a nose and a mouth and, and then he gave that volleyball a name. You remember that name? Wilson. And for much of the remainder of the film, Chuck Nolan and his best friend, Wilson the volleyball, are inseparable. They laugh together, they talk and they dream and they even argue and fight together. 
Uh, it's, it's, it's strange. But, but I tell you what, that, that video, it, it reminds me. It, it reminds me, I'm asking the question, what kind of relationships do we have together in the, in the church? What is the, the quality or the kind of relationships that we share? Are we experiencing the intimate kind of community that, that Christ makes available to us through the cross? Or do we settle for some kind of Wilson-fabricated kind of community? You know, there's a story in the Bible um, in the Old Testament, the book of Ruth. Short, short little book of the Bible. Doesn't mention God's name uh, that many times explicitly, but, but it's so cool. You see the fingerprints of God all over the story of Ruth in the ways that God shows up, both in the incredible joys and the sorrows, the ups and the downs of life. And the opening lines of this story tell of a, of a lady named Naomi. Naomi and her husband and their two boys lived in the land of Judah, but there was an incredible famine that had taken over. And so Naomi and her husband and her boys, they took off, to, you know, grabbed everything they owned and, and headed out to become strangers in a strange land uh, to avoid the famine. Well, we're told that a few years later, Naomi's husband dies. We're told that they had been in this strange land for quite some time because then her boys uh, grow up and they take wives of their own from there in the country of Moab. And then very quickly, just within a few verses from that, we're told that um, the two sons, Naomi's sons, passed away as well. And so what we're uh, quickly left with in the story is these three women, Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. And they're grief-stricken, um, they're overwhelmed, and they're not quite sure what to do. And in, and in that uh, situation back in that day, uh, for your husband or for the man of the house to, um, to be gone, um, it, was, uh, it was challenging for the ladies. And so we're, we're told that um, not long after that, that uh, Naomi gets word that God had kind of um, dissipated the famine and had brought relief back in her home country. And so the time had come that she could go back home to be with her family that they could provide for her. And so she's gathering her things, and together with her daughters-in-law, they start down the journey. But Naomi quickly says to the young ladies, hey, you need to go back home. Go back home. In Ruth chapter 1, verse 11, it says here, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? I'm going to have any more I'm not going to have any more sons. So who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this thought, they wept aloud again. And then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Orpah said goodbye, but the other daughter-in-law, Ruth, were told she clung to her mother-in-law. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and to her gods 
Go back with her. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where I go, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Did you catch the two daughter-in-law's responses to, to Naomi? Na- Naomi tells them, girls, go back home. There is, a, there is a hope for you. There's a future with your family. Go back home. It's okay. And Orpah, the, the first uh, daughter-in-law, she, she wanted to go with her, with her mother-in-law. In fact, she said, I'm going with you. And, and her mother-in-law said, no, 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 you stay. And so finally, Orpah decides to go back home. You, can't, you cannot fault Orpah for what she did. But look at, look at Ruth's response. This is the, the central kind of banner in, in the, the story of Ruth. Ruth responds with, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I stay. Your people will be my people. I I want you to hear me very clearly. To to follow Jesus is to live in covenant love with one another. It's to say, I belong to you, and you belong to me because Christ is ours and we are his. And, And there is this disease called sin that infects every single one of us uh, uh, with our hearts apart from Christ. And it hinders our vision, how how we see one another. It hinders our will. We put limits on how far we're willing to go for somebody else. It hinders our values to the point that we might cling to comfort and convenience rather than sacrificial love at times. And so as God's people, as we learn to follow Jesus, we're called to take up our cross. And that means laying down our lives for our brothers and our sisters, saying, we're in this journey together. We're going to trust God together. And so my life belongs to you. You know, if we could think for just a few moments about the kind of relationships that we share together in the church. I, I know that technology has incredibly impacted the, the, the kind of connections that we can have with one another. My, my friend was just telling me that he has a boss that uh, is over in the Orient, and they have a staff meeting every week, and he's been his boss for numerous years, and yet they've never actually physically met. Technology can be an incredible gift that brings us together in some incredible way. Some of us use, you know, Snapchat or Facebook or whatever the newest, you know, thing is. I don't know, but, but here's the deal if we're not careful. We can hide behind technology and, and we can um, relate at a safe distance and, and we have to be careful. I, I was reading an article um, about uh, our consumer culture and how it is shaping us. And one of the things that he was talking about was um, 
the choices that we make in, in our uh, technological age, we have the opportunity to make so many choices. I just think when I go into a restaurant and, uh, you know, you have that big Coke machine and, and, it's, and you know, it's, it used to be maybe you could just get a couple, you know, different drinks. Now there's like five million different, you know, opportunities to choose from. Or you go into Home Depot and you're trying to decide what color to, you know, paint the, the living room. And you got those swatches. There's just so many different choices. We could go on and on and on about the number of choices. But, but here's, what, here's what I was reading. It said that, that these days, because there are so many opportunities for us, that we are developing this um, almost instinctive fear to make a choice, to choose. We're talking about choosing community. A friend of mine had a Super Bowl party um, last year, and he was telling me, just kind of, you know, laughing, how uh, he invited so many people, and so many had just kind of said, ah, I'm going to wait and see. Like, if I say yes to you, that means I'm saying no to somebody else. And so one of the challenges in our day and age with just so many opportunities, so many people to connect with, so many experiences, is that we have a hard time sometimes saying um, yes to something for fear that we'll have to say no to something else. And yet we're called to say yes, to give our lives away to one another. You know, as followers of Jesus, do you truly embrace the gift of intimate community that God offers to us? I've seen some shirts at the Peru campus um, last weekend and they just said, ask me about my group. I'm not wearing one, but I'm going to tell you about my group. Um, I have the best group in the world. Um, I, I really do. And, and we get in a lot of troubles. In fact, uh, if I told you some of the stories, I might get fired. Um, so, no, that's not true. But we have so much fun together. We've been together as a, as a Crossbridge group for almost two years now. And I tell you what, we've, we've made a commitment to share our stories. When somebody new comes into our group, one of the things that we begin to do is to, again, tell our story of our brokenness, of our ups and downs, of our joys, and how God has been changing us, shaping us. And as we learn one another's stories, as we, as we learn the way of Jesus together, he begins to do something beautiful in us, we become like each other's Ruths and Naomi. I, I don't know if you're a part of a, of a small group, but I will tell you what, there is no other way that I could walk through this life than with a band of brothers and sisters who love me, sometimes in spite of me, who lock arms with me in the good times and the bad and say we are going to follow Jesus together these are my brothers and my sisters um, who hold me accountable, who help me. And hopefully together, we're experiencing a kind of covenant community relationship together that points the rest of the world around us to Jesus. You know, there are so many reasons why we could say no to the gift of deeper, more intimate community with one another. 
to giving ourselves fully and completely away for the sake of some others. There's so many reasons to say no. But there are so many reasons to say yes. We have to make a decision. Are we going to choose the way of community? Are we going to choose the way of the cross that says, I will go with you and nothing, not even death itself, can separate you from my love. Those are the words of our Savior himself. Maybe uh, today would be the day that we would decide to take whatever that next step might be to deepen a relationship with a brother or a sister in Christ, to get into a group, to say to, uh, maybe to your kids or, or to your spouse, hey, you know what, we need to go deeper in our walk together with Jesus. I, I, I don't know what that might look like, but the time is now that we need to decide to choose community. I wonder if we could go back to that Castaway movie. Like I said, I'm a big Tom Hanks fan. It's been four years that he's been stuck on that island. Well, he and that, you know, volleyball Wilson. And whatever kind of relationship you want to call that, as dysfunctional as it is. But somehow in the midst of all that, he managed to craft this little raft that he had hoped could um, overtake the... um, the, the crashing waves that were coming up on the shore and, and maybe, just maybe, somehow might get him out into the deep ocean that somehow maybe an oil tanker or something might come by and just maybe might be able to take him home to his beloved. So he'd been working on this raft and when it's finally ready to go, he takes his paddles and, and then he takes Wilson. And then he takes that, you know, manufactured friend of his and he and he straps it onto his raft and then he heads out into the open waters as you watch the film one of the um the kind of climactic moments in the entire movie is a, a huge storm comes down upon that little raft and just beats it almost to pieces and, and by this time he is just so exhausted and he's just kind of laying there, and what he doesn't notice is that the storms, the, the wind and the waves had knocked that little volleyball off of its perch. And that volleyball was taken by the um, current and just, just kind of drifted and drifted. And, and so finally when he came to, and he noticed that his manufactured friendship was dissipated, was, was gone, He began to call out, Wilson, Wilson. And it's kind of funny to talk about it now, but if you were to watch that movie, it was such a powerful moment because this was his one and only source of connection, of of relationship, was this volleyball. That was as deep as it got for him, but, but that was his everything. And so he began to cry out, Wilson, Wilson, and finally he sees him on the horizon. And he grabs one of the ropes or the vines that he had been using, was probably, you know, 20 feet long or something. And he grabs on, makes sure that it's connected to the raft, and he jumps out into the waters and swims to go hanging onto the raft, but to secure his friendship. And he gets just, oh, a little distance away, and he comes to the end of the rope. And it's there that he has to choose. 
He has to make a decision. Am I going to hang on to that manufactured relationship that falls so ridiculously short from what God truly intended for me to experience? Or am I going to let go of that so that I can embrace the hope of life and love? Maybe this is the day that you would choose to say yes to the one who said yes to you. You know, in just a moment, we're going to have opportunity to come to the table together. This meal, this sacrament, is an opportunity for us to remember to whom we belong and to who we share life with together. And so as your campus pastor prepares to come, I would invite you to ask the Lord, God, help me to choose you. I want you to hear these words. Jesus said to his disciples, you did not choose me. I chose you. Friends, is God calling you to something deeper, to give your life away in a more uh, covenantal, committed relationship with other believers so that we might reflect the grace and the goodness and love of God? This meal is for us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your faithfulness to us. We pray, Father, that through the cross of Jesus, you would equip us to be like Ruth, to be those that come alongside and say yes and give our lives away. Father, I also recognize that today there might be some of us that we are that Naomi. God, send your servants, send your people to those of us who feel like we're just living on an island all alone. Minister to us. May we experience the community that you give to us through the cross. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.